What's going on, world? This is Ann Diggity. You are now tuned into the Road to Victory podcast. I have a special guest in the building, very special guest. Uh, someone who lights up the room when she walks in. Someone who is inspiring. You know, um, like a heart of gold. You know, I have Megan Wagner in the building. Hi, thank you so much for that lovely introduction, and thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. It's a plum pleasing pleasure to have you. <laughs> um, getting right into it, you know, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, all things considered. I've been really fortunate to have a lot of really great family support during what would probably otherwise be a really difficult time. That, that absolutely, absolutely. So, um. Just tell the world what you've been up to and stuff like that. I know it's been a minute. We've been through a whole pandemic. Yeah. You know, uh, a year ago, if you would have told me the whole world would shut down and be off and stuff like that, you know, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, it's been a really, really crazy year. Um, so I, what have I been up to? Um, so I actually have been up to starting my own business, uh, which was pretty much my pandemic project mm. um, a year ago. Um, and uh, by the end of that year, I realized that was not the career for me anymore. And I was able to launch my own coaching practice the um, January of this year. Um, so that's really been my main focus for most of most of quarantine has been getting getting ready to make that move. Which is awesome because, you know, I guess the thing we have in common is that this podcast, I started taking it serious when the pandemic uh, happened. And I wanted to, you know, the biggest thing for me, I wanted to come out better than I went in. Yeah. You know, but I congratulate you. You actually took... The leap of faith of having an actually awesome career and transition into, you know, uh, I guess taking life by by storm, by your own hands. So what it, what is it like, and how do you how do you get here? How do you yeah. get to this podcast? Uh, those are two. Those are actually two very different questions. <laughs> But I will do my best to answer both of them. Um, so I got to this podcast in part because because I met you at HBO and you had such a such a deep impact on the people who worked there. Uh, there's a little I know I'm gonna make you blush and everything. <laughs> if only this were a video podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, you have have such had such a deep daily impact on on the folks who work there every day. Um, you know, really a lot of the time we worked there worked. I worked there at least, um, the company was pretty constantly going through some kind of upheaval, some kind of changes, and you personally were part of a very grounding force for most of the employees that were working there, seeing you every day and feeling encouraged just by your existing and your optimism. So that's how we came to be here. <laughs> um, for me personally, um, kind of living the it looks a lot like I took just one one big decision and and hopped into a new business and launched it and that was a that was a one time decision and really coming to the point of running my own coaching practice has actually been a series of small decisions that built up over a a really long time like like a decade I know I look mm -hmm. very youthful but um, but like about ten years worth of my life has been just refining 
what it is that I want and actually learning to listen to that voice in my head, which is how I personally came to, to be here. Yeah, because, you know, for me, I guess it take a lot of small experiences and small, you know, steps and, and failures and learning lessons. Like, for instance, this podcast was probably made of off of every failure that everything I quit, you know, whether it was like basketball, whether it was, you know, um, school, schooling and everything. And I just uh, turned all them failures into the road to victory. Yeah. It, it, you know? So so it, it's, it's great that you, you have a story and I'm inspired by it. And as we dig deeper into it, I think the audience will get a lot a lot of gems from you yeah I love I love the concept of uh, I turn these failures into the road to victory which is I think really the only way to do it mm-hmm. um, I for example <laughs> my first career was in book editing I was a book editor at Penguin Random House I dropped a lot of money on an education that is no longer relevant to the to the career that I um, to the career that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to edit books. I really wanted to work with authors. I really wanted to be a book publisher, though I didn't really know what that meant. Um, and leaving that career, that was leaving that career was one of my first major career transitions. Yeah. Um, my whole identity was being a book editor mm-hmm. and m- realizing that there was no path forward for me and ha- and, becoming okay with quitting that path was a really difficult identity crisis for me personally. Wow. So your past, right? Yeah. Your past and who you are today, like, which is two totally different persons. But did you feel like there's times when your, your the old you yep. cr- meets the new you at an intersection? Yeah. And, yeah. and do you deal with those things like accordingly? How do you, you trump the old you with, with the new you? Yeah. So the old me really is, I mean, there's several old me's, right? There's, there's probably three or four me's between editor me and coach me. Um, and all of them, I think of them more as, um, sitting at like a boardroom table, like having a meeting. I don't really think of them as adversaries so much as collaborators and who I get to be every day. I know that sounds really nerdy, but I I like to personify all of my different me's. Um, And I like to listen to, you know, that version of me that that wanted to be a book editor, like she existed for a reason Mm -hmm. and she has real input into who I am today. Um, She doesn't get to drive the ship, but she gets to have her say. Wow, I love that. You you said really nerdy. <laughs> yeah, I asked you that because I got a story myself. Um, I remember going out on a Friday night and um, going to a bar and the the service was like terrible. And this is like when the world opened back up. So it's recently, you know, the the drinks taste like water. And I have a pastor like, uh, I guess, you know, letting things slide and, 
and I guess uh, letting people treat me any kind of way and stuff like that. So, you know, um, I started to become like, not angry, but you know, getting out of character, you know, blood boiling, mm-hmm. heart racing. I'm like, what is going on? Like, the service was terrible. I'm talking about, I'm sitting there, you know, she asking me what I want, not taking the order, making other people yeah. orders. Like, all of this crazy stuff, and I'm like, oh, man. And something in the universe told me, you know, pay her, tip her. The check came and it was like, tip her like you got the best service in the world mm-hmm. for some reason. Because it's a Friday night, you're supposed to be home, maybe uh, working on your podcast, maybe writing a book yeah. and stuff like that. But you're so addicted to having pleasure, yeah. you know, the, you know, tip her, tip mm-hmm. her like it was the best service in the world because you're out your character right mm-hmm. now. And, and I don't know where that voice came from. So it's kind of like the old me yeah. letting letting things like slide and stuff, letting people push me away to, to the new me that says, man, protect your energy, protect your peace, and stay yeah. focused. Yeah. Stay focused. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really love the idea of, of making room for those two voices to have a conversation um, and mm. letting those two, you know, the old you was there to serve something. and he might not serve you anymore, but he has a perspective. And I find listening to the perspective helps you move through difficult emotions rather than trying to push them away or ignore them or pretend like you don't have them. Right. So before we get into like what you do and stuff like that and how you're making a small impact on the world, uh, I had did with the great journalists and researchers do. I wrote a couple questions on the napkin for sure. you. <laughs> hit, me, hit me with all of the napkin questions. <laughs> I want them. All right. So uh, with you being you, like bright personality, you, you actually make people feel comfortable around you, you know, um, and I kind of lean towards that, you know. So in your opinion... What makes a good person, I mean, a person a good human? <laughs> what makes a person a good human? And your opinion. Just a, just, a, just a small question, no big deal. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, there are a million ways to answer that question. But mm-hmm. for me, I think someone who puts their energy into building other people up is, mm-hmm. is really kind of the core of it for me. That's the core of what I do. It's the core of what I do as a friend. It's the core of, you know, I have... Um, what I might call big sister energy. I have uh, I have four younger brothers, and oh, I'm wow. just a really, <laughs> I I really love kind of um, helping people get where where they're going, and I love when people take that energy on. It just that's something that really draws me to other people, and that to me, lifting other people up, using your energy to lift other people up is is really the ultimate sac- sacrifice, the ultimate act of goodness. The ultimate act of goodness. It is. It's intriguing that you say that because, you know, as I think, you know, the the power of caring, you know, the power yeah. of actually caring somebody. There was a time I didn't care, you know, and it was only because I felt like it, it was a way to be protected, to mm-hmm. put, protect, put up a wall for yep. disappointment. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is terrible. You know, you don't feel anything. You keep yourself from getting hurt, but it also keeps out happiness. You know, so <laughs> uh, it's just me having to like relearn how to care about my feelings and care about people's feelings, especially especially when you're in an environment that you know nobody cares what you do. You know, nobody cares if this podcast succeeds or not. Nobody cares about if you fail or if you succeed at anything you do. But I think once you realize that, you have the upper hand because you leave a lot of space for authentic authentic, um, product, Mm -hmm. production, authentic production. And you're not worried about being perfect and pleasing everybody. Being caring is a real act of vulnerability. Um, it really is. It puts yourself out there. People can really take advantage if you care too much. Um, but it's also a real, real path to being truly who you are is, is living and embodying the things you care about and being honest about them. Absolutely. I agree. So I think it's like a balance. Yeah. It's like a balance sometimes because sometimes... You know, the the greatest t- to ever do it, in my opinion, you know, in basketball was Michael Jordan. Sure. And he wasn't looked at by his peers as, like, a hero or, or necessarily a good guy. But he did what was mm-hmm. necessary to win championships. Sure. Uh, or, like, Michael Jackson, the king of pop, mm-hmm. you know, and... His upbringing wasn't like, you know, so it's like at a cost. Yeah. It's it's like at a cost. But I want to revert back to, you know, what what you do. Sure. Um, I I want you to talk, tell the people who like starting your own business, what is it? You know, just give everybody the rundown and i was inspired by by it too because it's called um the goal guru the goal guru and the the thing i loved about it was mondays your mondays yeah and i've been a victim of (laughs) the monday blues yeah you know (laughs) and so i just want you to speak on it and you know tell the world about it you know and how how it can affect them positively sure sure so i'm i'm a coach specializing specializing in career development but i'd say your career and and your life kind of intersect so it's not inaccurate to call me a life coach um but i run a a small company i guess you could put in air quotes my business is the goal guru um, and I help people achieve really bold ambitions, right? I help them take their biggest dreams and break them down into actionable steps that you can take. Um, and one of the programs that I started in May of this year is called Monday's Motivation. And it's really just 30 minutes at the beginning of the week to take a breath, uh, write down all of the things that are overwhelming you, and then sort them out so that you can actually see how you can tackle them over the course of the week. Because I feel like so many of us hit Monday morning and we're like, well, I have to get this done, I have to get this done, I have to get this done. Um, and you have, 
at the beginning of the week, it feels like the week is so expansive and you have so much to do. And by Wednesday, you feel like you haven't done half of what you need to get done. Uh, why do you even try anymore? I guess I'll just make it to Friday and start all over again. And I really thought if I could harness this energy around Mondays, around the beginning of the week, around the start of something new, um, I could really help people um, reinvigorate that kind of that kind of like sad, overwhelmed feeling that Monday morning comes with. I'm like the opposite of Garfield, um, <laughs> except I do kind of like lasagna. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that was kind of the inspiration for that. So that's actually a totally free program that I that I just leave kind of open for the world. Um, it's kind of my way of giving back is like really helping people kind of like take a moment to, um, to just realign themselves at the beginning of the week. It's a planning process that I go through myself. Uh, so I base the entire workshop on that and it's just, it's 30 minutes. It's, it doesn't have to be long. You don't have to spend hours planning your whole week. I do because I like color coding things, but, um, I made it really short and compact, um, and really full of reflection questions as well as like practical questions of like, what's, what's eating your brain today. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that because, you know, it reminds me of me every New Year. <laughs> you know, I say I'm going to do this. Yep. <laughs> uh, that was actually my first workshop was New Year's Revolution. Um, <laughs> I only I only got like four people to sign up for it, but it was still really fun. Um, but uh, I pretty much run the same style workshops every every 90 days. So there's one for every season. Yeah. Um, so we did uh, New Year's Revolution, uh, spring cleaning, spring mm. clean your to do list. Um, and now we're I'm coming up on design your summer and it's basically just three months worth of setting goals so that you can kind of achieve them and knock them off because I think a year is too long to set a goal for. Um, it gets really overwhelming very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you only make it to like Friday <laughs> yeah. and then everything's out the window. Yep. And you're like, I guess I'll just make it to next December. It's fine. I can do that. I just get it and I can start over again. But I think that's real big because we definitely need like a checklist. Yeah. You know, I, and we need to check what we're doing right, mm -hmm. what we're doing wrong, because that's how we turn our mess into a message. Oh, I and, love that. <laughs> and, you know, getting into that, like, how did you come up with that? Uh, Monday's motivation or the goal, the goal guru? Uh, Monday's motivation. And then you could... Yeah, yeah. No, the goal guru really isn't as exciting a story. Uh, Monday's motivation, I actually came up with... It was one of the fastest programs I, I turned around. Um, you know, usually I'm very deliberate and my I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this on this day and that day and have everything kind of planned out. And Monday's motivation kind of came up and like was out in, in about a week. Um, on, as I mentioned, um, the workshop is based on my personal planning, um, like the way that I, I do my own personal planning. Mm. And on one Sunday, I texted a friend asking her if we could move something on like later that week. I was like, maybe we can move it a week out, week out. I think you had mentioned we, you had a conflict and she texted me back. Uh, why are you thinking about Thursday? And I, and I was like, be because I'm planning my week. And she's like, oh God, you're so good at that. I need to start doing that. And I literally just, I was like, I can do that. Yeah. And I made a program so that she, so that my coach friend could, could try doing this. And she really loved it. And it started bringing people around and, and kind of in. Um, and it started to make this cute, this really great little community of people who just really like to get grounded at the beginning of the week. It's been really, really fun. That, that's so awesome, man, because I've never thought about it. Like, I'm from the, 
I guess, era with letting life just happen. You know, uh, going to work, uh, pulling up for a check like a Nike yeah. sock. You know, and and you know, not actually not even you know having these setting these small victories and mm-hmm. stuff, and, and these and the setbacks and a, like a to do list. And I think it's it's very helpful, especially if you have like. No pun intended, like a goal guru, you know, to yeah. help you format that, you know, it, it is very helpful. Yeah, I really love helping people break down things that can seem intimidating. And I think that comes right back to the the big sister energy, right? Like yeah. I like all, all my little ducklings, um, but like my brothers always wanted to do stuff and they would I would see them kind of go about it in the most in the least effective way possible. And I know they're going to listen to this and feel really bad that I said that. But particularly when we were younger, they would be like, I need to, you know, like, I'm going to go out and I'm just going to tell mom and dad. And I'm like, that is not the way to get what you want. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I feel like that energy is a lot of what I take to these. I'm like, okay, like, what do you want? And and people are like, I, I want this. I'm going to, I'm not, that is not the way to achieve the thing that you want. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, let's make this smaller and, and kind of, you know, you're not going to get a six pack by just not eating carbs. That's not mm-hmm. really going to help you. I mean, yeah, no, that's not going to help you because you're not going to be able to cut out carbs, but we can make small daily changes that will help you feel better and feel more energized and feel, and actually get into better shape or, or something like that. So I do daily habits as well as, as like kind of mm-hmm. big, big dreams. Uh, that's awesome. That's very awesome. I want you to talk about the um, the gold guru and, yeah. and how was that rooted into yeah. what it is now. Yeah. So when I was originally coming up with the idea, I knew I wanted to, to start my own practice uh, last year. I, um, I actually ran a, a test program with some friends and family. Uh, where I helped them achieve like one goal at the beginning, the beginning of 2020, which was all before the world went completely chaotic. Um, but I helped them set this like one goal, and from there I was like, I know I want to start this practice. I know this is this is my new goal, my new goal, what I'm working towards. And I started trying to think of what kind of name I wanted, like what kind of what kind of package I would put it in. Um, And the only thing that came up, like, I kept trying to, like, wedge in this pun around, like, optimism, like, trying to be optimistic and optimize stuff. And the word just never worked. I just, I wanted it to work. I wanted you to both understand that you could optimize things and be really optimistic and have fun. Um, But the pun was just lame. And I was really, I was getting very frustrated with it. And uh, my fiance, who is a ghostwriter, who has been recently doing some, he's been kind of getting into a foray of uh, business books. He actually uh, worked on Eric Adams's book, which was really exciting. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's been he's been working on some business books and some kind of in the marketing space where he hadn't really been before. Um, kind of toyed around with it with me uh, for a couple hours. And he was like, you're the goal guru. That's what it is. That's what you need. He just literally just said it. And it's a super underwhelming story because I wanted my pun to work, but his his alliteration worked better. And so now he tells me I owe him royalties or something. <laughs> it it sounds more, more difficult than coming up with like a rap name yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't be very good at that either, to be honest. 
Um, I'm a lot more about the content than the packaging sometimes, mm. which mm. has been kind of my growth edge. Um, I've been like learning to figure out how to package things and um, get the idea across quickly, which mm -hmm. isn't my forte. I like to talk a lot and I like to give you all the details and um, learning how to be concise has really been a big way I've grown this last year. Well, hey, details are important. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> important. Um, so, you know, in your last 10, like the last 10 years of, of your life, like is there anything that you didn't know that you know now that, and would you change anything? Um, so I think the biggest lesson I've learned over the last 10 years, and I say this to clients and I say this to friends and they're probably all really sick of hearing me say it, but I'm going to say it anyways, is that, um, 99% of the time when you think you should do something, it is absolutely a sign you should not. If you're saying I should do this, I should be this, I should whatever, you 100% should not because it means you're not. I've found it means you're not really actually engaged with that. You're actually taking on responsibility for something someone else wants. It's usually, you know, that was how I ended up kind of in my first career. Like, this is this is what I want to be successful. Um, this is what I want to have a a defined job with a defined career, like a defined ladder of progression. And it, it's like step by step by step. Um, but that really wasn't. It was what I wanted when I started, and somewhere along the lines, it became what someone else wanted. <laughs> and I find that's what shoulds usually are. So whenever I hear the word should, I have clients who like specifically rearrange the way they talk to me so they don't say the word should, because I'm like, talk to me about that should. What's it doing in there? Um, so that's really the biggest lesson I, I would say for me. Um, I don't know that there's a lot I would have changed about the last 10 years, because those lessons that I learned were really, I don't think they would have had the same impact if I had just spontaneously had the knowledge. You know, I ended a 10 year relationship really badly before, before dating my fiance. And like the, that sucked. <laughs> it sucked so hard. Um, but it really taught me a lot about how to be in a relationship and how to be myself in a relationship and not just kind of like subsume myself in the relationship, like to maintain myself and to maintain who I was. And I don't know that I could have learned that kind of thing if I had been, if I had just spontaneously known like, oh no, this isn't, this isn't going to end well. Go ahead, jump out now. Like I, I think some of those things, you just kind of need to like go through the fire and come out the other side. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that, you know, every loss is, puts you on the road to win. Yeah. You know, every loss puts you on the road to win. Well, I want to go back to what you said about should. Yeah, should. go ahead. Like, I've never heard that. Yeah. You know, uh, for me, is uh, I try to, like, I just said it. I, I was going to say it. Yeah. I try to eliminate the word yeah. try. Yeah. You know, and, and just do. Sure. Just do. So, but I've never heard of should. You, do you think, like, for you, should is, like, an entitlement or, you know, yeah, should for me is almost, and this is you know certainly unique to me, and could definitely be be different based on your experience. But for me, should is almost always the trigger that I have 
taken that I have taken responsibility for something that I don't necessarily feel passionate about. So mm-hmm. like I one really common example I hear is like I should eat better. And it's like yeah, I mean like that's a worthy goal, but that sentence tells me that you aren't actually connected to eating better. Mm. It tells me that's not actually what you're looking for and there's something deeper for us to get into. Right. So instead of I should eat better, I really try to work to get to a place of what your actual goal is. And most of the time when people say they should eat better or should sleep better, what they really want is more energy and to feel more confident in themselves. And there are more strategies to get there than just the way you're eating. I love this. <laughs> I love this. It's all about just going one layer deeper than you think you have to. <laughs> and that, you know, I've, I've, I've started to say that, you know, you, sp- you spend a lifetime figuring out life. Yeah. And, you know, things you know, things that you, you, you have to get done and all of this, all of this stuff, you know. And everything's right in front of you. Like, I'm a firm believer that everything you want in life is, like, 10 feet away. You know, you want to go to Dubai, you have a phone and computer, you can book it. You know, you want you want uh, to live, you want to have access to, to someone else's lifestyle, you know. Especially the place we work. Yeah. You know, we see all these people from all walks of life. Yeah. And it's like, all right, he's ten feet away. You know, he has he has the answers to my question. This is ten feet away. The bank is ten feet yeah. away. You know, so I'm just a, a a firm believer in that. And um, you know, with that being said, I wanted to get into like a a rapid fire round. Come at me. You. All right, you ready? I'm ready. You sure? I am. You know, I, you smell a fabuloso <laughs> in here. <laughs> All right. Um. So, how do you deal with disappointment? Um, my favorite way to deal with disappointment is to watch a movie that makes me cry. Um, it's actually a really great. Um, um I have a hard time sometimes with really abstract emotions. And disappointment can be one of those things that can be really hard to, um, can be really hard to process. And so if I watch something that makes me cry, it actually starts the, the disappointment process, the grieving process of whatever it is that I've lost in my body first and lets me kind of get, start from there instead of trying to start from my brain and work backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to ask you what was asked to me. You're like, um, what's, what's your purpose? Why do you do what you do? Um, so one, I think purpose is ever evolving. Um, so my purpose right now is to help good people do their best. Mm -hmm. Um, I really am passionate about helping the helpers, especially, um, people who can have an effect on more people around them be the best that they can be. Uh, I fully expect that purpose will evolve over the next few years, um, become something more refined. Um, I think our purpose just kind of constantly changes as we do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right now, right now, my, my focus and my purpose is helping people um, help other people. Helping people help other people. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's great. That's great. Because a, a lot of times people don't admit we need help. And one thing I learned that you can't do life alone. 
Yeah. You can do it alone, but everything's kind of what happens slow for you. It's going to be kind of boring that way. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's one of the reasons I work with, uh, I work with leaders, emerging leaders, new leaders, people who run teams. Mm -hmm. Um, I do really try to stay connected with people in um, folks leading in nonprofit spaces as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just really want to help people who want to help others and are just too Mm -hmm. overwhelmed to be able to do it. Mm. Uh, What does leadership mean to you? I'm a big fan personally of uh, leading leading from the side is what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's leading from the front, which is kind of how we usually think of leaders like yeah. holding the banner and charging into mm-hmm. into battle. And then there's leading from behind, which is I, I never quite got the same. I never quite understood what that that was, but it's very much a sacrificial kind of kind of leadership of just like mm-hmm. putting yourself behind the team. And giving everything into the team, and and I've never enjoyed that one. So I really like what I call leading leading from the side, which is working simultaneously on your own growth and your own path, and using it to lift the people on your team up alongside you. Mm-hmm. It's very horizontal. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's how I think of it. No, it, it, it's amazing because, uh, you know, I've been to like many seminars and company, and and the way they uh, personalize people. And break them down. One company brings them down into color. Like red would be like the competitive, advantageous people. Mm. You know, blue would be like spontaneous party people. Mm-hmm. Yellow would be the the uh, the sensitive, caring people, and green would be like the analytical mm-hmm. and and the above average thinkers. You know, yeah. or you can compare it to like. Uh, uh, airport, mm-hmm. you know, you have your pilot. Yeah, he, he flies you the way you need to be, but he can't sure. be bothered with the. Yeah, that's what you got the flight attendants sure. for. You get the ground crew yep. and stuff like that. So it's amazing how you able to assess someone and and actually try to fill the voids and and because it's all about being a a better human for yeah. me. Yeah, a better human for me. You know, I just started therapy. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a huge that's everyone should have a therapist. <laughs> everyone should be in therapy if possible. That would I, oh god, that would make everything so much better. <laughs> therapy is very important. <laughs> um so I use the I usually ask this question last, mm-hmm. but we're gonna see where this goes. I have it. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, so this um, this is your last day on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And all your accolades and accomplishments are erased. Mm-hmm. All you have is a sheet of paper and a pen to write three statements that will live in the world forever. What would they be? So uh, I'm a long-time listener of the podcast, so I'm prepared for this question. <laughs> it's on a note. I'm a note. Um, but truly, I am prepared for this question. Um, and so I, had, I actually have, have been thinking about this uh, for quite some time. Um, and my first one, and I think you're probably going to want to dig into this, but um, my first one is laziness doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could trumpet that from the rooftops and just convince as many people as possible that they aren't lazy. Other people around them aren't lazy. 
laziness truly doesn't exist the way that we think it does. I probably one of the more controversial things I'll say, but generally I think it's important to understand and believe that people, that you, people around you, people you love and people you don't even know really are always making the best decision they can with the information they have and the resources they have. And like, People, so many of my clients believe they're lazy when really they just haven't been in the position to make the moves that they want. They haven't been in the mental position. They haven't physically been in the right location. They haven't had the resources to make things work the way they want. And I think so many people just truly just shit on themselves for no reason when that kind of laziness really just, it doesn't exist. It's like a specter we've made up to fault ourselves for, for systems sucking or to fault other people for not making enough of themselves. And it's really, if I could leave one singular thing in the world, it would be the belief that laziness doesn't exist. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. I'm kind of speechless. So laziness, um, do you think it coincides with like procrastination and stuff like that? I think procrastination is anxiety. Is a manifestation of anxiety usually. And, And the thing... I, I can attest to what you're saying is because when I got into the environment, especially starting with you guys, mm-hmm. you know, I, I start to see like uh, further than than, you know, these four walls, mm-hmm. you know, so I see Megan producing at a high level and execution, executing at a high level and I'm somewhat around that mm-hmm. in that environment yeah. I'm like okay yeah. I start to the dreams start to come in yeah. the imagination so when it comes to laziness and, and being in that environment it gives you something to look forward to and you know that's what I said about you know um your your environments and stuff like that because when I started to do like the escorts at CNN mm-hmm. and I see these guys on TV live mm-hmm. TV there's no room for like there's no room for mediocrity no. and averageness and you have to execute on a daily basis that's when I was like you know what I got to do something and I, I put the put the yeah. hoodies together yeah. and gave them out and then it's like. Yeah. You know, overnight, and it was just off of the idea. And the first thing that came to my mind, it was, you know, I wish the people I love and and uh, the people I care about the most, just everybody can get in an environment like that, yeah. you know, and and, and be, be inspired, be truly inspired yeah. by it. Yeah, it's truly, environment makes such a huge, huge difference. And there are so many different... Mm-hmm components to it to what people can conceive of as as laziness to what people conceive of in themselves as laziness and other people um you know some of its physical environment some of it's just your daily like the your daily existence what you surround yourself with every day not just physically but like mentally um the people you surround yourself with, right? The, mm-hmm. you know, there are people at at work that change your perspective. You know, you can also start changing kind of your friend group a little bit and that will actually really change add to add to expand introduce like you can change in that way you know when I I moved into coaching I actually started growing a social network of friends I didn't 
really let friends go so much as find this new this new colleague network and it's really changed my perspective on how I think about what I'm doing going forward so we have this thing uh, around the neighborhood called like day ones the people that you basically known your whole life mm-hmm. and you know uh, what's your perspective on like uh who to keep around you and who to let go It can be really tricky, Um, I think, especially because we're so kind of tied into that concept of laziness. We're so ingrained with the idea that quitting is something that bad people do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a very individualistic question. And I think the, the biggest thing about, you know, obviously, if there are toxic people in your life, if you can, if you can identify that, like putting some space there is really important. Um, but I think in the more gray area of your friends who have been your friends for life, um, the people who are, have been such an ingrained part of you and maybe aren't necessarily serving where you're going. Um, I think the best way to approach that is not as a singular decision. Is this person in my life or is, are I, are they out of it so much as, every day do I need this person in my life right now? And each day kind of progressively making that decision of, of whether to be connecting with them or not in, in like a repetitive decision instead of just a one and done, like in or out. Right. So if laziness was number one, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about number, number two and three. Um, I feel like laziness doesn't exist was my biggest one. Um, but my, my, uh, my second one is always go one layer deeper than you think you need to. Um, I think I might have said that already on this one, but I think um, identifying the problem is one of our, our biggest collective um, struggles, right? You know, uh, a lot of times, one of the things I saw in technology that I think really reflected fascinatingly on people, um, I worked on on the hbo.com website at HBO. And a lot of times we'd find a problem, we'd find a bug and we'd think we found the solution. We found the problem and we fixed it and it would create another problem because we didn't go one more level beyond where we, we just thought we found the problem and we fixed it. And we started fixing it the second we thought we found it. And um, so when it comes to kind of identifying the problem, I always, I would really love if people brought a mindset of, going one level deeper than you than you think you you need to kind of in all things nice nice number three and number three is a little bit a little bit passe but i really like it anyways and it's uh start before you're ready um i always see people kind of like waiting for the right circumstances and waiting for things to be kind of perfect and there's not one single major like transition or decision I've made before I was ready. I put, I put over a year into getting, getting ready to launch my practice and I still didn't feel like I was ready. I hadn't hit my milestones and I didn't have enough clients and I wasn't making a baseline you know, income and, and I had 8 million reasons I could put off um, giving my notice and, and putting myself out there. And really when it comes down to it, the best decisions you make are the ones that, that you make before you're ready. Like, don't wait to have all the information. If you wait till you're ready, you'll never be ready. You'll never be ready. So you said uh, laziness is not real. Laziness is not real. One layer deeper. 
one layer deeper. And start before you're ready. Yep. You can put those on my on my uh, tombstone if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Oh, you got you got less than a hundred thousand days left on Earth. You know that's how I yeah. figure. That might be. I just my... like actually tried to do the math on that. I was like, how many how many years is that? <laughs> like, no, Megan, that's a metaphor. <laughs> but um. So you were saying those three. I love how you come on the podcast and do ninety miles an hour on the road to victory. You know, I definitely learned. You know, I should have had my pen and notepad taking notes, but I guess I could listen to this over and over. I'm sure the audience. I'm sure the audience will love it. Tell the people where they can find you. Sure. Um, so the easiest place to find me is my website, which is meganwagner.com. And that's M-E-A-G-H-A-N because my parents are Irish. Um, but you can also find me at the goal guru, uh, the underscore goal underscore guru on Instagram uh, and Twitter and probably Facebook, but I don't really use Facebook that much. Instagram is where you'll find me the most. Okay, that's awesome, Megan. It's been a plum pleasing pleasure having you. I I love this so much. This was so different. Your your conversation and this is why I love it, because people from all walks of life have different perspectives and you learn and me, I'm a sponge. I take some from here, there, there, and it adds mm-hmm. tremendous value to my life. You know, so I could never thank you enough for that. And for being here, you know, so thank Thank, you. Thank you for having me. I love that you're a sponge, and I am also spongy, so uh, I feel like I've really picked up a lot from being here. And if anybody anybody is listening and wants to, you know, come at me about laziness, feel free to hit me on on LinkedIn, or not LinkedIn, on Instagram. I'll put it out there. I'm gonna make a little card, and you can you can come right at that post. Laziness doesn't exist. That's that's what I would call a podcast. (laughs) There you go. All right, people. I wish you all love, peace, wealth, and truth always. Road to Victory Podcast.